As high performers, we see the world differently. In a world that not only tolerates but promotes mediocrity, who do we turn to when we want to be great? Where are the guides? What's the blueprint? This podcast gives you access to the most successful people from around the world so that you can elevate every area of your life. This is more than just about making money. It's about living a life that lights you up so that you can illuminate the world. Welcome to Elevate. I'm Jack DeLosa. Let's get into it. Hey team, and welcome to this episode of Elevate with Jack DeLosa. I am super excited about today's episode. It is a solo episode, which you guys have been requesting more of. I've recently returned from uh, spending a week on Necker Island with Richard Branson and have been inundated with questions from you guys around what were some of the key experiences, what, what were some of the key moments, what were some of the key learnings. And so I wanted to shoot this podcast for you guys quickly to summarize what were the core three fundamental moments and lessons for me as I spent a week uh, on Necker Island, which is the home of one of you know the greatest and most iconic entrepreneurs that the world has ever seen. For those of you that have been following me for a little while, you'll know that my entire life, I've always had an affinity to those who have changed the world. I've always studied those who have created a larger-than-life legacy. You know, whether it's Michelangelo, who was a sculptor turned painter who painted the roof of the Sistine Chapel 500 years ago, whether it was Albert Einstein who rewrote physics and how we view the universe a little bit over 100 years ago, whether it's Oprah Winfrey who's been disseminating pieces of light into our living rooms for the last 35 years, or whether it's people like Sir Richard Branson, who, as I said, I hold up as one of the most iconic entrepreneurs uh, the globe has ever seen. And I love looking into the lives and the real stories of these people, because what I find particularly fascinating is whether I'm looking at a painter turned sculptor from 500 years ago, a physician who was shunned from his industry a little bit over 100 years ago, somebody that's made an incredible impact over broadcast and media over the last 35 years, or one of the most iconic entrepreneurs the world has ever seen. I'm looking at different people from different times doing different things in different industries, but this is what is fascinating, is that consistently, every time, the principles and the values that guide their life and that guide their life's work are remarkably similar. And I find this fascinating, that there's an undercurrent, there's a blueprint to greatness. There's a blueprint to growing into the best version of yourself. And the blueprint is not copy the greats. To copy the greats is to not learn from them because the only thing they have in common is that they all did it their own way. But there's these mosaic of patterns that occur in their thinking, in their approach, in their communication style, in their approach to how they built their life, built themselves and built their careers and built their legacies that's remarkably similar. Now, Hey team, I hope this conversation is resonating with you deeply. If it is, post it up over on Instagram, tag me at Jack DeLosa so that I can regram you and stay connected with you over on that platform. Do that now. Enjoy the rest of the episode. Every time I've spent time with Richard, 
It's been in very different circumstances, whether it was developing the curriculum for the Branton Center Entrepreneurship over in Johannesburg, South Africa in 2010, whether it was uh, spending a week on Necker Island with Richard in 2014, uh, which was just after uh, they had tragically had uh, one of the Virgin Galactic spaceships explode. They had tragically lost the life of one of the test pilots that was on the spaceship. That was a remarkable week, right? Spending a week with Richard in his home as he was going through perhaps the saddest and most uh, tragic crisis of his life and his career. That was, um, you know, very eye-opening and very saddening and came with its own unique uh, realisations and learnings. Or uh, whether it's the most recent week that I've just spent on Necker Island where, you know, spirits were good um, there's a lot that you know everybody's doing in the world right now to, 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 to try and make the world a better place. But by and large, spirits were good and we were able to have some incredible strategy sessions, some incredible masterminds, as well as have a lot of fun. But every time I have an experience with Richard, it's profound and it builds upon the last one. And so I wanted to shoot this podcast for you guys, uh, giving you the top three lessons from this particular trip to Necker Island. And I just want to state that what I want to talk to you guys about are the fun fundamentals here. I think that when we start to talk about what did you learn from Sir Richard Branson or you know how are some of these iconic entrepreneurs innovating to change the world, I think a lot of people can use innovation as an excuse to bypass the basics, right? If you want to scale your business, if you want to scale your impact, It is not about doing fancy things. Scale is not about doing more things. Scale is about doing less things better. The greats are the greats because they do the fundamentals at scale. And so these top three lessons, I want you guys writing them down as we're going through, are absolutely fundamental to how you need to be building yourself, to how you need to be building your life and to how you need to be building your career and your impact so that you too can make the world a better place. All righty, let's get into it. Lesson number one. This was super cool. Lesson number one. Win the game before it begins. Win the game before it begins. This was super cool. One morning over breakfast, I reminded Richard that He was having dinner with a friend of mine uh, many years ago in Byron Bay. And the friend of mine had communicated to me recently that, you know, they were sitting at dinner and all of a sudden my friend realized that his very expensive watch was missing. And shortly after that, he realized that the watch was on Richard's wrist. And so Richard had heisted this guy's watch off his wrist and put it on his own as a, a, you know, funny joke to get his attention. And so I reminded Richard of this and asked him if he remembered it. What What followed was an incredible conversation and a lot of laughing. But what Richard reflected upon was, Back in the early days of Virgin, they were looking to buy a bunch of airplanes. And Virgin were strapped for cash in this particular period and season of their existence. And so Richard wanted to buy a bunch of airplanes, but he wanted a $6 million discount on the airplanes that he was buying. And so him and his team went and met with the supplier of the aircrafts. Uh, their team and their chairman for a day to negotiate you know, the purchase and, and see if they could swing this $6 million discount. And they spend the day in the negotiation and the supplier of the aircraft says, no, we, we, we absolutely cannot give you this discount. And so they're unsuccessful in negotiating the discount. That night, Richard takes everybody out to dinner, both of the teams, 
And after a few drinks, he says to everybody, if I could hypnotize somebody in this room in the next five minutes without anybody realizing, you guys have to give me the discount. And knowing full well that Richard's not a hypnotist, they agree to it. Like, yeah, sure, that's, that's fine. Five minutes passes and Richard asks the chairman of the other business for the time. The chairman looks at his wrist, notice that his very expensive watch is missing and a moment later realises that his watch is on Richard's wrist. And so Richard has successfully heisted his watch without anybody in the room noticing uh, under the guise of hypnotism and they ultimately ended up giving Richard the $6 million discount for Virgin to buy these airplanes because he had successfully heisted the watch off the chairman's wrist. Now, that's an incredible story. I mean, the one thing that you need to understand with Richard is the only thing you can expect is the unexpected. He is such a contrarian. He's got such a childlike spirit. He loves to have fun. Uh, and he's, he's obviously incredibly astute and incredibly smart. But what Richard said next was perhaps the most pertinent component of that whole story. He said, and of course I had taken the, ri- uh, of course I had taken the watch before I suggested the wager. And I said to him, wait, what, say that again? And he said, I had taken the chairman's watch before I said to the room, you know, in five minutes, if I can hypnotize somebody, you guys have got to give us the discount. And again, we were laughing. This is over breakfast, overlooking, you know, the turquoise water surrounding Necker Island. And so we're all in hysterics listening to Richard tell this story. And Richard was also in hysterics. But that last comment stopped me in my tracks. Because he said, I had already taken the watch, so I had won the game before it had even begun. And it stopped me in my tracks because it is so indicative of how Richard has built businesses his entire life. I was immediately reminded of when he bought his first Boeing 747 from Boeing when he first started Virgin Atlantic, the first airline that he started. He called Boeing and he said, how do you buy a 747? And they ran him through the process. And what he ultimately negotiated was to buy a Boeing 747 on the condition that if the business didn't go well in the first 12 months, he'd be able to give the airplane back. And so... What we often see from the media and hear about, you know, these larger-than-life entrepreneurs is that they're huge risk-takers. And to some degree they are, but that's not the full story. Great entrepreneurs find ways to win the game before it begins. Yes, they take big risks, but they find incredibly creative and intelligent ways to maximize their upside potential and minimize their downside potential and their longevity in, and their, uh, the longevity of their success in business and life comes from being able to maneuver the board such that they've won before the game has begun. And so, yes, they're big risk takers. They're not gamblers. They become, over time, very, very good at massaging situations and deals in such a way that it maximizes their upside potential and minimizes their downside risk. And so the question I want to ask you listening to this right now is where in your life are you currently taking a huge risk? 
that if you gave a few hours thought to, you could come up with some creative ways to still get every bit of the upside, but significantly decrease the potential downside. Where in your life, your business, your career, your relationship, could you employ that principle right now? Hey team, I hope this conversation is resonating. Sometimes when we learn things like these, we can immediately think of others that we wish were here, hearing this very conversation that you are now. If that's you, share it with that friend, share it with that family member, share it with that loved one that you wish could be learning from this episode as well. They will thank you for it. The second key lesson from this trip to Necker Island is prioritize energy and vitality. Prioritize energy and vitality. Richard, at the time of recording this, two days ago, he's just turned 72 years young. And again, the core thing with Richard is expect the unexpected. Richard's just about to turn 72 at the time we're on Neckham. One morning he gets up, takes a bunch of people for a bike ride up and down mountains on Virgin Gorda, which is a neighbouring island uh, to Necker Island with, with huge mountains, 17 kilometres, a group of them. And Richard convincingly beats everybody else on the bike ride, so much so that there are other people on the bike ride who are, you know, 35, 40, 50, uh, you know, several decades younger than Richard who felt sick and actually were sick given the exertion of that particular bike ride. Richard did it in a breeze and beat everybody. He comes back to Necker Island, hits the tennis court. He's playing tennis against a bunch of us for about three hours, one opponent after the other, beating each and every one of us consistently. Now, I'm 35 and I'm pretty fit. He beat me convincingly and quickly. He disposed of me way too easily. And the level of energy and vitality that he has, even at now 72, was absolutely inspiring. And it didn't stop there. As I said with Richard, you've got to expect the unexpected. And so after he beats me convincingly, he, he waves his arm and he says, Jack, come into the net. Let's get a photo together. And so I, we come into the net and we're arm in arm. And he says very kindly, you put up your racket and that way people will think that you won. And so as I put up my racket, as they're taking the photo, he pours his glass of water over my head, which was incredibly funny. I've never had a photo with someone pouring a glass of water over my head before. Uh, Instagram have since dubbed it the virgin baptism. Again, the key with Richard is to expect the unexpected. Whatever you think he's about to do, he's probably going to do the opposite, right? But the sheer energy... The sheer vitality, the sheer liveliness to always be having fun, to always be making the best of every situation was deeply inspiring. And I said to him later that day, I said, mate, you know, you've been going all day and thrashing all of us, whether it's bike ride, tennis, you know, we were on the chessboard shortly after that. I said, how have you maintained this, this level of energy and vitality? He said, the key to working hard in business is exercising regularly. And if you want to exercise regularly, it needs to be fun. You have to love doing it. And so for Richard, that's tennis, that's kiteboarding, uh, that's bike riding. That's a whole bunch of different stuff that he loves doing. And so my question for you in this instance is, how can you find or create some form of exercise that you love doing, that you find to be incredibly fun, 
so that you can integrate it throughout your daily experience of life. That's been Richard's secret. That's been his secret to being able to maintain his work ethic. It's been his secret to sleeping well. It's been his secret to uh, you know, minimizing stress and anxiety and maximizing his serotonin is he exercises every single day because he's found different exercises that he loves to do. So prioritize energy and vitality and make it fun. The third key lesson that I took from this trip to NECA was that even the greats study the greats. On the Sunday afternoon, my phone lit up with a message from Richard and said, uh, come to my house at 5.30. Uh, I'm in the Virgin Gorda tennis final, which is like the local regional tennis final that they were hosting at his place. Um, the guy I'm playing is much younger and much bigger than me. I need cheerleaders. Come. And so I responded to him saying, moral support it is. I'll be there. That was the only time we saw Richard lose anything all week. He was playing a guy that was 30 years younger than him, was a seriously good tennis player. And so Richard lost this particular game of tennis. A couple of days later, we were Richard and I were sitting in his golf buggy and Richard's favourite part of Necker Island is he's built this flourishing colony of 300 pink flamingos, uh, which is a you know rare species of bird that they introduced many, many years ago. And, you know, they're completely free birds. They can fly away at any given moment and and sometimes they do. They go visit neighbouring islands and stuff like that. But the pink flamingos have continued to call Necker Island their home, right? So they're like Necker Island's second most famous residence, if you like. And that's Richard's favourite part of the island. And so we're in his golf buggy and looking through his binoculars uh, at these 300 pink flamingos and there's a bunch of newborns there. So sort of counting the, 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 the new babies. And he says to me in passing, he says, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like losing that final. He said, I spent the last two days studying Rafael Nadal's serve. And I said to him, what do you mean? He said, well, I just found footage of Rafael Nadal serving. I've been studying that footage. I've sent it to my tennis coach. We're going to start working on it. And again, he was saying this in passing, almost as a, as a, Uh, self-deprecating joke, if you like. But once again, I was stopped in my tracks by just how indicative that was and is of Richard's mindset that's been so instrumental to his lifelong success, which is even the greats study the greats. And this principle is consistent against any high performer that I've ever met, spent time with, or whether it's the Michelangelo's for 500 years ago that I've studied through books and through documentaries, the principle is consistent, and that is this. They weren't born great. Their greatness was a decision that they made. One consistent principle, and this has been true in my own journey throughout my own life, a consistent principle that they employ is if something is possible, consider it to be within your reach. Because if anybody has done anything, You can simply study what they have done, reverse engineer it, work hard at developing that skill yourself and build yourself in such a way that will enable you to maximize your own success and your own legacy. In psychology, this is called modeling. Find someone that's great at what you want to do and model what they do, right? That's what we all do as children. We all do it as adults. It's just that most of us do it unconsciously. 
And so the greats have a particular and specific ability that they have trained to find greatness in others, study it, reverse engineer it, work hard at developing those skills and capabilities in themselves. And so any area of your life or business that you want to master, that you are yet to master, all it requires is the understanding that all that is missing is a skill deficit. And all you need to do is develop the skills that are conducive to your path in life. Hey team, I hope this episode is resonating with you deeply. If it is, please leave a review on this podcast to help us spread the message even further to the people who might need to hear it. The skills that are going to enable your success in life and then get busy developing the skills. A core principle that I've experienced to be true in my own journey is that everything is a skill. Everything is a skill. You want to develop empathy? It's a skill. You want to get good at creating inspiring visions? It's a skill. You want to be a good leader? It's a skill. You want to be a great communicator? It's a skill. You want to be an effective CEO? It's a skill. You want to be a great entrepreneur? It's a skill. Harvard have been producing research since the 1880s. It's the longest run research piece in known history, proving that happiness is a skill. No different to learning the violin. And this is what Richard was demonstrating. He was demonstrating that, yeah, he lost the final. He would have rather not lose the final. And he said to me, the footage of Nadal serving has always been there. I should have been watching it before the final, not waiting to lose, right? But it was amazing to me that Richard, who's 71 at this point, now 72, is so committed to absolutely everything he does. And this is why he's able to play tennis against a bunch of people that are 30, 40 years his junior and convincingly beat us all. Because he works meticulously and methodically at developing the skills required to be a great tennis player. Team, hear me when I say this. Richard Branson was not born a great entrepreneur. His first business was a student magazine. He started it at the age of 16. One of his famous quotes is, I didn't want to be an entrepreneur. I just knew I needed to become one in order to keep my magazine going. The greats weren't born great. It starts with a decision. It starts with a decision to say, I am committed to becoming the best version of myself that I can be. I am committed to architecting a future path that leads to my dream life, that leads to the highest possible vision I can hold for my life, my impact, my contribution, myself, my family. I know where I'm going. I've got a vision for that. And because I've got a vision for that, it highlights the deficit between who I am now and who I need to be in order to be the kind of person that can create that future. And then what most people do is they go, well, I'm not that person yet. And they find that demotivating. The greats are motivated by the gap. I'll say that again. The greats are motivated by the gap. Because we simply understand that it's just a skill set that's going to enable us to close the gap between A and B. And so my question for you with regards to lesson number three is this. What is the highest vision you hold for yourself? And what is one skill that you need to develop that you can start building today? What is the highest vision that you hold for yourself And what is one skill that you need in order to be that person, in order to create that future that you can start to develop today? Team, whether it's this trip to Necker Island, whether it was a 2014 trip to Necker Island, spending time with Richard in 2010 in South Africa, whether it's spending time with or working with, you know, a bunch of other iconic entrepreneurs and high performers that I've been super fortunate enough to spend a lot of time with over the last 20 years. 
the one consistent is that they consciously built themselves. They consciously built their lives. And therefore, they consciously built their world around them, whether that's their businesses, whether that's their relationships, whether that's their careers, whether that's their art, whether that's their influence in politics. It was all consciously and imperfectly developed through improvisation, through making it up as they go along, and through developing the skills necessary as they do it. History often paints the greats as being superhuman, as being a different species, you know, living on a different planet. It's almost unattainable. That's never been my experience. My experience of any high performer has always been they're deeply human, they're flawed just like you and I, they carry the same insecurities as you and I, they carry the same level of imposter syndrome as you and I, and sometimes even a higher level of imposter syndrome the more successful they become. They are no different to you and I. They've simply made that conscious decision. And so from this episode, my invitation to you is, yes, be inspired by, you know, the stories and the fun and the humor of, uh, you know, being on Necker Island and spending time with Richard Branson and all of that kind of stuff. But enable, but make sure you bring it back to self. Make sure you use all of this right now. And yes, I'm talking to you. I am talking to you who's listening to this right now or watching this right now. Where can you realize more of your own greatness? Where can you take people off pedestals and recognize that everything you see in somebody else is already existing inside of you if you too can make the conscious decision to draw it out of yourself and develop it? You have greatness in you. You have potential in you. And I believe that the vast majority of human beings on the planet are not currently demonstrating their fullest potential right now. And that's what I want for you. Take Richard's story, take my story, but only as inspiration to write your story. And that's my one ask of you right now. You start to write your story bigger, bolder, and better than ever before. Use this, this moment right here, right now, listening to this. Make the decision. You will become as great as you can possibly be. That's the contract. I look forward to speaking with you guys in the next episode. Hey team, thanks for listening. I hope this episode resonated deeply with some part of you. To ensure you don't miss out on any future breakthroughs, take a second right now and hit the subscribe button. While you're at it, head over to Instagram, connect with me there, at Jack Delosa. I look forward to speaking with you soon.